Welcome to A Bad Bee with ADHD. I'm Finty and this podcast is going to be a place for all things ADHD, the good, the bad, the ugly. Also, I can't always guarantee I'll stay on topic, but that's very on brand for me. If I've learned one thing from having ADHD is that I've never had a unique experience in my life ever. So here we are. I'm just going to put it out there by saying I'm by no means a professional or an expert, just a girl with ADHD speaking from experience, just trying to better understand this neuro spicy brain of mine. So please, please, please seek the help of a professional if you feel like you need it. And with all of that out of the way, I hope you enjoy this episode. What is up, guys? And welcome to my very first podcast episode. Here we are, the very start of Bad B with ADHD. How crazy. Um, I guess this is kind of my way of attempting to become the ADHD version of that girl. And I was kind of hoping that if I shared it with all you guys that we can kind of come on this journey together. But yeah, I'm going to start by saying I'm going to attempt to keep these podcast episodes not too long because I know if you all have an attention span that is anything like mine, uh, then this is not going to be fun. <laughs> um, so I can't make any promises, but I'm going to try. We all know that that ADHD attention span can just be a pain in the ass, and I'm not trying to bore you all because um, you're all here by choice. So yeah, I thought this kind of first episode should be obviously a little bit of background and information about my 25 years of life to date, and all 25 of those years spent with undiagnosed ADHD, which. I'm sure is um, all too familiar and many of you will relate to that. (laughs) So here we are. Um, I was, well, I'm currently 25 and I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 24 and approximately, let's say, 361 days, give or take, if we're being specific. Um, So literally a week before my 25th birthday or whatever. Um, So great time. Uh, That was a great birthday present, but... We're looking at the positives here. Maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Um, So yeah, I was diagnosed with combined type ADHD. So your girl is both hyperactive and inattentive. (laughs) What a fun combination. We really do love that. Um, I'd say I'm kind of more inattentive than hyperactive. Um, Those are kind of the things, executive dysfunction. I know you'll probably all know that phrase that I really struggle with. But I definitely would notice that throughout adulthood it shifted I would say throughout childhood it was definitely inattentive but definitely more as I've got older I noticed those hyperactive sneaky hyperactive symptoms so moving on to family and genetics because let's be real that's where this whole thing starts um so looking back on my life wow um so my sister was actually diagnosed with ADHD I'm pretty sure it was just hyperactive ADHD at the age of eight, um, she obviously possessed your very stereotypical hyperactive boy symptoms, which uh, hence her diagnosis, because let's be real, that's what anybody really at that time period thought ADHD looked like. Um, so yeah, so she was kind of very loud, very obviously chatty, hyperact just hyperactive in general but this isn't about her surprisingly this is about me um so yeah I think we kind of always knew that the ADHD for her anyway came from my dad's side of the family um I have like members of the family that were diagnosed as children as well um so just kind of always knew that it came from that side but obviously never really understood the full genetics and how it worked so um in hindsight, obviously now me being diagnosed as well, um, it's very apparent that 
uh, my dad has undiagnosed ADHD. He is kind of just like my sister. People have always said growing up, oh my gosh, she's like a mini Tim. That's my dad's name. Um, but yeah, very, very obvious now that we're like, oh yeah, dad, you know, ever thought. And uh, he kind of acknowledges that it's the the chances are quite high. Um so yeah, I guess kind of like looking back what I was like as a child um, and the things I struggled with, which obviously now are very obviously symptoms and kind of little red flags of ADHD. Um, so kind of growing up, I always remember, well, one thing I really want to talk about, but I do want to kind of probably cover a whole podcast episode on this because the entire process just fascinates me. Um, is this concept around, I don't know if anybody can relate, but I saw somebody on TikTok post about it. And so I'm going to share it here. Um, this concept of, I look back on my childhood and I'm going to be 100% real. I don't remember a lot of my childhood memories. I only really remember things if I'm triggered by photos or my dad always used to do home videos. And that's kind of, 90 percent 95 probably percent of my childhood memories come from that which is crazy because I just thought that that's how everybody remembered their childhood <laughs> and obviously not and that's a whole nother concept that of course I want to dive into um but yeah thinking back now uh I always the kind of biggest thing for me was the em- emotional dysregulation so obviously for those of you that know it's actually a really big part of ADHD but for some reason they don't actually um, put it on kind of like the diagnostic criteria. I don't really know why because it's something so many of us struggle with. Um, But yeah, growing up for me, that kind of looked like hysterical meltdowns. And I mean hysterical over stupid things. Like I, so many people that know me know about the pea story and I'm now traumatized by peas, garden peas, the small green things, yes, peas. Um, because of an event where I decided I didn't want to eat them for the first time and I was hysterical about it but yeah moving on (laughs) Um, yeah just to the point where I would have like be visibly like distressed like physically like emotional teary like I would get headaches would get myself into the state and then I'd fall into my mum's arms and cry and be like I'm so sorry (laughs) yeah let's not go there um so another thing is I want to talk about is this thing of always needing like adult support and engagement because my mum would say you know for example she'd send me upstairs to go and brush my teeth in the morning before school and it was like she'd find me wandering around upstairs not doing what she asked me to do um and also this thing of like I never really found it easy to engage in what we would call child-led play so like I always needed an adult like if I was supposed to be doing like imaginary play I always needed an adult's help um and obviously I had a sister so that was great because she really helped with that and kind of facilitated the imaginative play but again really struggled and I know that's something I've talked about with friends who have ADHD that it's a common thing for them so very interesting um obviously again daydreamer I was a daydreamer let's be real like you girl was just very happy in my own head (laughs) and uh yeah um and I guess one last thing is homework let's be real homework was my worst enemy guided reading 
my mum said, trying to get me to read, you know, the guided reading that we would do at school. No, it was just, it was a no from me, a hard no. Um, maths, maths homework was borderline traumatising. If I do remember one thing in my life, it's traumatising events. <laughs> and for me, doing maths homework with my dad was one of those. It was awful. I hated it. Every second of it. Um, and school and just in general, I guess was just a never a fun time for me. I was always really average and had to work really hard at school just to be average. So yeah, um, looking back now, obviously at yeah, all of those things, um, it's very obvious that I had ADHD, but um, I guess I kind of looked into the like kind of knowledge and understanding of ADHD 20 years ago. And um, I found out that they had only just in the 2000s recognized the three subtypes that we know and use today um, of ADHD so the inattentive um, so I guess it kind of makes sense that maybe that just had not really filtered down into education systems to pick up on those things yet so that's why so many of us who are kind of in this age group are only just getting diagnosed now and we were unfortunately missed back then but yeah so that's I guess a little bit more moving on to the whole diagnostic process um, oh gosh where do I start so the first kind of mention of me having ADHD was actually in a university seminar around November last year. Um, I studied early years education at university and I was in my final year and we were basically studying, I think it was a seminar on ADHD and autism and kind of all um, SEND aspects and things just really started to like tick over in my brain and I think my seminar, like my lecturer kind of like started noticing that and I was like wait do you think and then she just kind of was like very like yeah slowly nodding her head and I was like oh my gosh and it was like in that lecture it was like my mind had been genuinely blown so shout out to that lecturer she knows who she is I mean she's not listening but she was genuinely like the goat because I never would have twigged maybe as soon as I did but um to be honest after that period for I'd say about six months or so I was genuinely in denial and I ignored it and I was just kind of like no 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 it, this isn't happening like, I don't actually have it like she, what's she on about <laughs> um even though I'd literally sat there and been like what the hell um so yeah and then kind of as things just kind of like everything was triggering me once I finished university I was like no I think this is really something that I need to look into like this is something that really affects me day to day um so I kind of started on the NHS process like the went to see my GP got a referral from my GP and started filling out the forms and I'm not even going to go into this right now but the form process as somebody who has ADHD the amount of times they lost my forms or didn't couldn't use my forms like it was the most stressful process I literally had a meltdown and cried one day when they called me again to say they couldn't find the forms that they needed um so anyway um and then obviously being in such a bad place at the time um genuinely I was struggling every single day um and that's putting it like nicely <laughs> um and finding out about like the they weren't even able to really give me a waiting time uh I kind of started looking into private assessments and obviously I want to start off by saying I'm very aware and grateful that I'm in a position and fortunate enough to be able to access a private assessment and diagnostic because I know a lot of people don't have that luxury 
Um, so yeah, I feel very, very privileged to be in that position. But um, yeah, so I kind of obviously found a clinic that actually a friend of mine recommended and I basically booked the assessment and it was pretty much booked for maybe, I think not even two weeks time. Um, I ended up having a Zoom, what was it, a Zoom assessment because I was actually in a place where I was so overwhelmed and so overstimulated by everything. The thought of traveling into London was literally not on the cards for me. So that happened. Um, and literally this assessment was about 60 minutes on Zoom. I had to fill out a load of forms beforehand. Um, and it was with the psychiatrist and kind of, it was just very much like a chilled conversation of the psychiatrist asking me about like my experiences in life and like things that did I struggle with um, and that kind of thing. And then like a five minute formal test thing where he kind of just asked me the questions like yes or no, did you have this in childhood? Did you have it in adulthood? And then literally just kind of after that was done, he was like, yeah, so he, I'll say you have combined type ADHD and to be honest with you, I, the whole thing was a blur. <laughs> um, and obviously told me a bit about the medication process, the type of medication that I'd go on. And then, then this was literally like the prescription was sent straight to a pharmacy and then the medication was sent straight to my address. So medication is a whole, whole nother thing that I think I'm going to cover in another episode because yeah, that's a lot to unpack there. So the last thing I want to talk about in this episode is something I'm going to call the symptoms versus the feeling. Okay. And bear with me while I try and explain this, but, um, yeah, it was something that dawned on me when I came across my old A-level health and social coursework. And basically, I found this coursework and it was basically what we had to do was write and compare and critique um, two different what they referred to as mental disorders. Now, that's a whole nother thing. I don't know how I feel about it being called mental disorders, but here we are. Um, and your girl surprisingly picked... Um, ADHD as one of her chosen disorders and I the other one was OCD so I managed to write this wasn't like a short coursework by the way this was 80 mine was nearly 85 pages on ADHD and obviously OCD and I never twigged that I myself was living that through that um all of these things like talking about genetics knowing I had a sister with ADHD and just never really putting two and two together um and I I'm gonna be honest I was reading this back and I bawled my eyes out like hysterically because I was crying for my 17 year old self who I know I wish I'd known sooner but there was genuinely nothing that could have made me see this sooner. Like if I could literally write nearly 85 pages and not twig, then I don't know what I possibly could have done. Um, and that's just how it is, I think, growing up with ADHD is that um, no matter how many people can know about the symptoms and be aware of it, even if it's teachers, if it's parents, if it's family members, you know, there there is nothing that can make you see it if you don't see it um but then on the flip side I want to talk about um the feeling part of it and um how I would describe the feeling is 
and maybe this is a neurodivergent thing, so I can't speak for just ADHD, but fundamentally growing up, I just felt different. That is the only way I can possibly describe it is I felt different, different from my peers, different from, well, obviously not different from my sister because there we go. Um, But yeah, different from everybody around me. And I just, I couldn't understand why were they struggling as much as I was struggling? Um, Things like when people would say they would never revise for their exams and then they'd come out and they'd get a B or an A. And I was like, I'm here working my butt off to literally scrape a C grade. And that just didn't make sense to me. Um, And then I guess as well as that, it was being in school with undiagnosed ADHD wow what a minefield that was um looking back uh from a social aspect I guess because and I'm not going to say I was bullied at school um and I guess it's it breaks my heart to know that actually so many people who are neurodivergent unfortunately are picked up as and bullied on at school um so oh gosh that literally the thought of it just makes me a bit sad um I've completely lost where I was going with that this is going to be a regular thing in this podcast by the way you're just gonna have to bear with me brain melts it happens so yeah um but yeah I wouldn't say I was bullied but maybe people can relate in the sense of that I think people picked up on that I was different and they didn't like it um and things like people very much would um think I was really gullible that was one thing I always noticed like people really wanted to try and make me believe something that I was like I couldn't wrap my head around why they would do that but yeah um and I guess at school I kind of towards the end and middle of secondary school I very much realized I was like I kind of had this phrase and I was like I'm like Marmite you either love me or you hate me and that was probably the most accurate re- way to describe having ADHD without realising I had ADHD. Oh, the red flags now are, they're just glaring me in the face, quite honestly. But um, yeah, I think fundamentally people with ADHD are too much for a lot of neurotypical people. They find you like over the top. And I guess as I went through secondary school I tended to display a lot more of the hyperactive symptoms so um but yeah I think people just people being different makes people uncomfortable in this world and I think I'm learning that that's not my problem so that's what I'm telling you if you take away anything from this that's not your problem that you make people uncomfortable but yeah, I guess that's everything I wanted to talk about in this episode. Sorry to have ended it on such a, um, a deep note, but hey, that's how it goes. Um, thanks so much for sticking around to the end, if you are still listening. Um, and I'm so excited to share with you all the different episodes I've got planned coming up. Um, but the next episode is already up, so please go ahead and check it out and listen. It's all about the education system and ADHD, and it's very appropriately named F the Education System. Uh, so I hope you all enjoyed this episode, and thanks so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.